Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Kathy Stein. Kathy is a principal and healthcare lead with Origin Merchant Partners. Kathy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being uh, our guest today. Good morning, Mario. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here chatting with you today. Kathy, you know, I know you have an incredible reputation for your healthcare expertise, and I know we're going to spend some time uh, talking about it because it's been such an interesting time in healthcare. But I thought, you know, maybe we could start by talking a little bit about you and uh, yourself and an origin and, and origin merchant part tell, telling us a little bit about origin. So I'd love to start by learning a little bit more about yourself and about uh, origin merchant partners. Sure. Sounds good. Um, so I have uh, been a healthcare advisor and investment banker for, I, I like to say I stopped counting at 20 years, but uh, yeah, about 20, 25 years. Um, Origin is an independent advisory firm. We were founded in 2012. So we're actually coming up on our 10th anniversary. Very exciting time for us. We have almost 35 professionals today, uh, including 12 partners, uh, up from six when we were founded almost 10 years ago. So, you know, we've close to doubled in size. And we have uh, each of the 12 partners has over 20 years of experience in this business, like me. Um, over the last nine years or so, we've completed over 100 transactions worth, I don't know, somebody adds this stuff up, it's something like over, over $11 billion, ranging in size from, you know, probably $25 million to $500 million in value. Three quarters of our business roughly is uh, M&A advisory. So we work with sellers who might be looking for a partial or complete exit. Uh, we also look with we also work with buyers, folks who uh, might have a specific target in mind or might be interested in you know kind of a broad canvas uh, program to look for acquisition targets. And the other quarter of our business is capital raising, where we do private placements of equity or credit with you know folks like institutional investors, private equity firms, family offices, and strategic investors. So in addition to our long track record of transaction experience, we do have deep domain expertise in key sectors. We've got folks with, uh, you know, similar, you know, long, long track record in technology, food and agriculture, real estate, financials, industrials, and I look after the healthcare space. I know I, I, um, there's so much to talk about healthcare. So I want to jump in because it's been such a, I mean, an incredible time particularly given COVID. And I mean, I'm going to start with the, the broad question of, I mean, how has COVID impacted? I mean, we know it's impacted healthcare and delivery and, you know, and provision of services, but in, in, in the M&A context, I, I was hoping we started talking there about the kind of trends you've seen and the impact of COVID on, on healthcare M&A. Yeah, no question. No question. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a year and a half later, it's still, you know, the first five or 10 minutes of every conversation. Are you back to the office? Are you traveling? All of that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's still very much, you know, in, in the day to day fabric of, of what we're seeing and what we're doing. Um, I think in terms of healthcare specifically, you know, because, you know, COVID is a virus, it's been, you know, a, a huge uh, factor. You know, overall, I'd say, you know, it's probably created, you know, like five years of progress, you know, sort of compressed into one. Um, there's been just so much innovation and, and so much, so much happening as a result of COVID. Some of it positive, some, some of it a bit more challenging. So on the positive side, you know, we've seen 
you know, virtual and digital strategies are now critical elements in the delivery of everything to do with healthcare, from telemedicine to actually connect patients and, and clinicians and doctors, um, you know, all the way to delivering, you know, mental health solutions and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, virtual and digital is just a, a key part. McKinsey had something recently, they said, um, you know, they're, they're saying uh, virtual is kind of, you know, 38 times what it was pre-COVID. So it, it's just a, a real factor now. Um, you know, and that's probably down by half from where it was when COVID first hit, but, uh, you know, still a huge opportunity. Um, and we're seeing just a gigantic proliferation of solutions and, and uh, alternatives to, you know, kind of facilitate and enable this virtual and, and digital component. I think, you know, on that, it, the jury's still really out on whether, you know, it's allowing us to diagnose and, and treat patients in a, in a timely and accurate way. But, um, you know, I think it's kind of motherhood to say that if it's convenient, it'll improve compliance and the outcomes should be positive. So, you know, we, I think there's, there is consensus that this will, this will survive. This will be a, you know, an ongoing, an ongoing key component of healthcare delivery. Well, so that was just, uh, you know, uh, virtual and digital. Um, mRNA, I mean, you know, we've all, most of us have had mRNA uh, vaccines. Uh, you know, and there's lots of chatter that this could be revolutionary with many, many, many more applications. I'll give you a couple of examples on where it's been constraints, uh, where it's created constraints uh, to folks. And I think we've all experienced it. I think, I think um, you know, workforce continues to be an issue. Uh, lots of, um, you know, clinicians have moved on to uh, different jobs. They didn't necessarily want to be on the front lines, uh, you know, for the first long while after COVID. So, you know, lots of healthcare services providers, for example, are, are not, ha you know, they don't have 100% employment. Um, and also just capacity, right? If, if you have to take five minutes between every patient or or individual to you know kind of sanitize and all that stuff you could kind of assume you know five minutes of every hour is is now spent on sanitizing that's like an eight percent cut in your productivity so it's definitely very much still a factor and in terms of these new trends um kathy what has it meant for the for, for deal flow like is it created new opportunities or is it kind of magnified uh, the deal activity I mean how, how has it been for your practice to see all these changes in healthcare kind of reflected in in deal flow yeah it's been really busy uh, we've been busy across sectors at origin and certainly on the healthcare side uh, you know given all, all this all these uh, trends and dynamics uh, continues to be really busy. Um, so, you know, the, the digital, telemedicine, healthcare IT, virtual, all of that stuff, there's, there's a, a, just an enormous amount of, um, of activity there, um, you know, where we're seeing founders, shareholders are looking to combine with larger companies, create bigger scale, become more competitive, accelerate growth, um, all of that sort of stuff. So on the digital side, you know, really busy. And also on the services side, you know, the, the public equity markets have been so receptive to, um, 
you know, some of these growth and consolidation opportunities on the healthcare services side. We're seeing dental and, and um, healthcare, health, health, omnichannel healthcare service providers and uh, drugstores. And, you know, these, these have been really, really well received by the public markets. And so on our side, uh, you know, we're seeing sellers, you know, kind of interested in, you know, joining up with, uh, with these, uh, you know, bigger scale companies. And Kathy, you kind of hit on the where I was hoping we'd go next, which is like, who, who are the buyers in this market on healthcare? Is, is it the same players? Is it is this whole new dynamic in healthcare with the real kind of technology focus change the nature of the buyers or, or is, um, is it just magnified the, the kind of typical buyers that you see in healthcare? Who, who, who are the buyers in the space? Yeah, it's a good question. I just think it's magnified. I think it's, it's, it's just, there's an abundance of interested parties. And I, I think that's partly, you know, a function of liquidity. There's, you know, there's so much cash out there. So, you know, we're seeing financial sponsors, you know, with great interest. We're having regular calls with these folks, uh, you know, to keep them updated on our, on our deal flow. You know, they want to they want to make sure that they're not missing anything that might be in their sweet spot. Um, and also the strategics, you know, particularly, you know, public strategics who, you know, where the uh, public equity markets have just, you know, they're really rewarding growth. So organic growth and inorganic growth. And so, you know, there's there's just so much interest in uh, in acquiring um, by strategics. So, um, yeah, I'd say those are those there's just so much interest and they're, you know, given sort of the cash they have, the liquidity they have, and you factor in, you know, the leverage they can access, uh, you know, both in terms of availability and cost of capital. It's such an attractive cost of capital to these buyers. So, um, yeah, just uh, lots and lots of interest. We're seeing you know, our buyers lists, our interested parties, our, our numbers of, of LOIs, you know, just lots and lots of, of action on, uh, on transactions. You know, action means uh, a higher price. So I'll, I'll ask the <laughs> question about valuation, because of course, to your point, some of the stuff we've been seeing on valuations in healthcare are unbelievable, particularly I know, from my own experience, when you see some of these, you know, the veterinarian roll-ups and, and some of right. these professional service roll-ups have been just, you know, they're, they're wow. Um, obviously, valuations have gone up in a lot of different sectors. Is, is healthcare generally seen an increase in valuations or is it is it kind of a certain industries and not others? What what has been your experience on, on valuations? And, and the, you know, obviously, during COVID, uh, but also as, you know, as we move forward, like how, how, how are uh, sellers interpreting uh, the market when it comes to valuations and what are what are deals getting done like uh, in the healthcare space when it comes to valuation? Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, some of the publicly traded consolidators, you know, their their model is, you know, buy low and uh, re-rate to, you know, their multiple, which might be, you know, a lofty multiple of revenue. Um, they're not they're not so interested in paying lofty multiples of revenue. Um, but, you know, having said that, uh, you know, when we do our work and, you know, and we, we look at valuation ranges and we look at, um, 
you know, the public market comparables and discounted cash flow and precedent transactions, they continue to be, you know, really attractive. So, you know, we, I'd say, I'd say valuations have hung in pretty well. You know, there's a, there's a, a couple of sort of moderating factors, you know, when, when we talk to, you know, sellers in particular, you know, their, their, their calculus kind of has to weigh, you know, look, the, the market is, is telling me valuations are pretty high. This is a good time. But my business is still recovering from COVID. We're still not 100% back. Um, you know, should I wait, right? So it's kind of like the, the yin and the yang here. Um, and so it's, it's tough. I, you know, at, at the end of the day, we, we have a, you know, a bunch of arrows in our quiver for, for dealing with, with those sorts of things. And, you know, I'm not going to give away all our secrets, but, uh, you know, obviously normalized EBITDA and, you know, normalizing for, you know, some of these, um, you know, COVID issues is, is something, you know, we, we work hard, we sharpen our pencils to, to try and come up with a number that, uh, that makes sense. Um, Generally, it's, you know, ideal if, you know, the 2019 pre-COVID number kind of reflects, uh, you know, the kind of normalization adjustments we're making, but it doesn't always. And so, you know, sometimes there's a story that, you know, kind of legitimizes what, what those adjustments look like. And then the other piece is, um, you know, really more of a structured kind of, uh, kind of purchase price, you know, some kind of earn out. And that, that's not, you know, necessarily any, every seller's dream uh, to, to have an earn out. It kind of means you have to stick around and, um, you know, do what you say you're going to do. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's a, a good way to bridge that difference, not necessarily just the COVID difference. Sometimes also there's a, a big blue sky uh, you know, factor that's, that's involved in the story. And so, you know, an earnout does kind of help bridge that gap. But, you know, overall, we're seeing valuations holding up, you know, really well in, in the healthcare space. I, I always ask the a crystal ball question, which is, you know, where, where is the market going? You're probably the person I want to ask this question the most <laughs> to, because this is a space where, you know, some people believe that it's kind of fundamentally changed, like that it, the, wherever it's going, it's completely different from where it was. And so when you look at the future of kind of healthcare M&A and healthcare activity in this space, I mean, where do you see it all go? I mean, there's, I know there's just, there's like literally new elements of, of healthcare that have been created in the last two new businesses, new entire enterprises, right. new, new, new. And I, I'm curious where you see M&A activity in healthcare going, you know, obviously as, as hopefully COVID starts to wind down, but also it's just all the different uh, healthcare industries, if you want to call them or healthcare new services it's created. Yeah, I it's I think you're right on, Mario. I think you know we we've seen so much innovation. Uh, you know, I don't think it's all transient. I think it's you know it will all have a role in in you know delivery of healthcare, new products, new services, new technologies, all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I think the you know the algorithm of what it'll all look like is still you know to be defined you know i was talking to a, a a gp friend the other day and we were just trying to figure out like well you know will a virtual visit be sort of a third of of your you know interactions well you know what does that look like will, will it be is it, you know i think we're 
we know it's not going to be a hundred percent, but you know, there's going to be some role for it. But I, I think, you know, that's still TBD. I would say the other thing in turn, you know, sort of in the foreseeable future, I, I think some of, some of these companies have emerged as standalone entities, a product, a service, a technology. And I think, you know, I, I think some of these founders are going to find that they might benefit significantly from um, scale, from being part of a broader offering, from having a, you know, an umbrella brand, from, you know, having other products and services. Uh, because, you know, sometimes, you know, we were doing a, uh, we, we, in speak in doing a strategic review for uh, a benefits provider, we did some, we had some conversations with HR folks who said, like, there's so many people coming in, I don't know, which mental health, which virtual care, right, there's just too much to sift through. So, you know, I think we're just, I, I think consolidation is sort of inevitable. But our pipeline going into 22 is really strong. I will knock on wood, Marielle, as you know, as we do. Um, you know, I think if uh, if the economic recovery continues and the jobs numbers were good this morning, so you know, we uh, we continue to to be positive going into 2022. Kathy, I uh, I wanted to thank you for joining us. It's been uh, uh, wonderful to have you and to you know. Give us some insight on the on the, a very dynamic market. I mean, healthcare M and A is something I think we're going to see uh, a lot more. I have a feeling I'm going to have have you on this podcast again someday soon, Kathy. Given all that's going on in your space, because your your space I'd keeps changing and evolving. That. So so thank you absolutely. so much for joining. It's my pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure, and I look forward to working with you. Thank you. <laughs>